today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He's altogether lovely, it says in Song of Solomon. He's altogether lovely. He's desirable in every way. No one compares to him. He is the shepherd above all shepherds. He's the good one, the preeminent one, the preeminent shepherd above all shepherds. How many of you know that personally? How many of you here can say, I know that Jesus is the good shepherd? Because I've experienced his goodness, right? When you imagine a shepherd, the image that comes to mind may be a serene, grassy hillside with clean, woolly sheep calmly grazing as the carefree shepherd enjoys the sunshine and solitude. But the reality is typically much different, especially in Jesus' time. As Pastor Dan will explain in today's message, thieves, wild animals, and exposure to the elements made this a very hard job. In the same way, following Jesus doesn't mean we won't be exposed to hardship, but we can count on Him to protect and guide us through it. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 10 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 10, where it says in verse 11, Jesus speaking, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, he sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by his own, I, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. And therefore there was a division among, again, among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, well, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, well, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? John chapter 10 is such a wonderfully rich chapter. Uh, and in John chapter 10, Jesus declares that he is the good shepherd. And he contrasts himself with the religious leaders of Judaism, the priests and the scribes. And the religious leaders were also known as shepherds or the shepherds of Israel in the scriptures, uh, but they are false shepherds. In fact, in John chapter 10, Jesus refers to them as thieves, robbers, strangers, 
and hirelings or, or hired hands who don't really care about the sheep. Uh, back in chapter 9, at the end of the chapter, Jesus said that they were blind. They're blind shepherds. And so he distinguishes here in this chapter the, the false shepherds of Israel from himself. He's the good shepherd. He's the true shepherd of Israel. He's the shepherd that is spoken of in Ezekiel 34 that we looked at last week. The good shepherd that God would send to gather God's flock to himself. Uh, and I want to go back to that prophecy in Ezekiel 34 and look at it once again because it, it is the context of John chapter 10. It's the backdrop for John chapter 10. So turn back to Ezekiel 34 for me. Ezekiel 34. And here again in Ezekiel 34, the Lord indicts the religious leaders of Israel, the, the shepherds of Israel. In verse 1, Ezekiel 34, verse 1, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, the leaders. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the, the, Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. Again, he's talking about the religious leaders of Judaism. And he says here of the religious leaders of Judaism, you know, again, these are, these are hirelings. Uh, they're hired hands in a sense. Uh, they feed themselves. They don't feed the sheep. They don't care for the sheep. They don't care for the people of Israel. They care only for themselves and no one else. They're only seeking their own and not the well-being of, of the people that they're supposed to be serving. Uh, in Luke chapter 20, you can just, just stay in Ezekiel, but listen to this. Jesus says, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes. They love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues, and the best places at feasts, who devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. Jesus said, you know, the, the scribes, the religious leaders, they, they like, you know, to go around in long robes. They like to just look good to the people. You know, they like greetings in the marketplace. They love it when they're at Wegmans and someone, oh, Rabbi, Rabbi, you know, you're buying mushrooms too, me too. You know, they love that. They love those celebrity kind of thing. The best seats in the synagogue, the best places at feasts, the, you know, the table, the head table, seat of honor. At the same time, they're devouring widows' houses. They're, they're, they're using the sheep and manipulating the sheep and intimidating the sheep. Taking advantage of them for their own benefit and for their own personal gain. Again, in Ezekiel 34, verse 5, he goes on, the Lord speaking, So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. Remember when Jesus saw the people, the crowds, he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without, shep without a shepherd. They had re the religious leaders were supposed to be the shepherds. 
but they were like sheep without a shepherd. And they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered, verse 6, through all the mountains on every high hill. They had no one leading them. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth. You strike the sheep, or you strike the shepherd, the sheep scattered. And no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherd search for my flock, but the shepherds just fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 10, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my flock at their hand. And I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths that they may no longer be food for them. He says in verse 10, the shepherds will cease being shepherds over Israel. They will uh, feed the flock no more. And of course, in 70 AD, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed and the Levitical priesthood ceased to exist. And God removed the shepherds took them away. Verse verse 10 was fulfilled. Now look at verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself, the Lord God speaking here, indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. And here we have a picture of the good shepherd, the good shepherd, God himself, the good shepherd of the sheep will search for his sheep. And this is written in Hebrew, and in the Hebrew, what it says here, it's very emphatic. I myself, the owner of the sheep. The priests were just hirelings, hired hands. But God, the great shepherd who owns the sheep, will search for his sheep that belong to him, that are his. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep. And deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys, and in the inhabited places of the country. Verse 14, I will feed them in a good pasture. And their folds shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. What does Psalm 23 say? The Lord is my shepherd. And what does it say? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Look at verse 15. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. I'll bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. Now skip down to verse 22. Therefore, I will save my flock and they shall no longer be a prey. I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will establish, notice, one shepherd over them. And he shall feed them. My servant David, he shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. 
and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Now, Ezekiel writes this after David lived. This is after the time of David. So he's not talking about David, King David. He's talking about the son of David, Jesus Christ. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. God will, will, will rescue His sheep. The Good Shepherd will come and save His sheep and call His sheep. And they will come to him, and he will gather his sheep that are his own, and he will be the one shepherd over them, the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, if you want to turn back there, in John chapter 10, Jesus is explaining now that he's the good shepherd that was promised in Ezekiel 34. He's the one that God spoke of through the prophet Ezekiel. And back in John chapter 10, look at verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And then he repeats it a second time. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So Jesus is the good shepherd. And let's dissect that a little bit. What does that mean that he's the good shepherd? Well, Well, let me say first of all that this is an I am statement that Jesus makes. I am the good shepherd. This is his second I am statement And John chapter 10, if you look back in verse 7, he said, I am the door of the sheep. Here now in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. So this is one of his seven I am statements. This is the fourth I am statement in the gospel of John. And and the way that this is constructed, what Jesus says here, the way that this is constructed in the Greek, the emphasis is, listen, I am the shepherd. The good one. That's the order in the Greek. I am the shepherd. The good one. In contrast to all the bad ones you've had before me. I'm the good one. I'm the good one. You know, that's why we look to Jesus to shepherd us. Because he's the good shepherd. He's the good one. We look to him to lead us and protect us and provide for us. We, we don't look to people to shepherd us. We don't look to institutions or government to shepherd us. We look to Jesus, the good shepherd. When we come alongside someone to to help them or counsel them in whatever they're going through, we point them to the good shepherd. We point them past ourselves and any, any answers or thoughts or ideas we may have, and we point them to Jesus. We point them to the good shepherd. Jesus is, you know, Jesus is called the wonderful counselor in the book of Isaiah. He's called the prince of peace, the source of of peace, And so we point them to the good shepherd. And look at verse 11 again when he says, I am the good shepherd. The word good here, if you're a note taker, this word good, it, it means good in a moral sense, like morally good, but it means more than that. 
The word good also means beautiful, excellent, attractive, handsome, lovely in every way, on all levels. See, everything about Jesus is beautiful. He's the excellent shepherd. He's altogether lovely, it says in Song of Solomon. He's altogether lovely. He's desirable in every way. No one compares to him. He is the shepherd above all shepherds. He's the good one. The preeminent one. The preeminent shepherd. Above all shepherds. How many of you know that personally? How many of you here can say, I know that Jesus is the good shepherd? Because I've experienced his goodness, right? Amen is right. He's the good shepherd. And look at verse 11 one more time. The shepherd, the good one, he demonstrates his goodness. He demonstrates his excellence as a shepherd by dying for his sheep. By dying for his sheep. Verse 11 again, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus will say this four times in this chapter. That he gives his life for the sheep. Now, shepherding, shepherding sounds like a lot of fun. You know, you're, you're outside, right, all day, and, you know, beautiful scenery. You know, there's, there's solitude, there's tranquility. You don't have to talk to anybody. You know, there's, there's, no, there's, no, uh, there's no desk, there's no phone, there's no emails you have to return. There's no reports to write. There's no deadlines. There's no boss. There's no coworkers. Did I mention you don't have to talk to anybody? Where are my introverts here, right? Doesn't that sound wonderful? Right? You come home from work. Your wife says, how was your day? Great. I didn't talk to anybody all day long. Yeah? Anything interesting happened? No, I just sat outside all day. And doesn't that sound great? Sounds wonderful. (laughs) But shepherding sounds fun, but it's actually hard work. And in ancient Israel, it was it was dangerous work. You know, thieves and robbers would try to steal your sheep. In fact, in verse 10, Jesus said that the thief wants to steal, kill or slaughter and destroy the sheep. So a shepherd in ancient Israel may face a situation where he has to fight off thieves to defend his flock. And besides thieves, there were wild beasts that would attack a flock of sheep uh, in ancient Israel. There were wolves and bears and, and lions. Uh, and a shepherd had to contend with wild animals attacking his flock. Uh, last night I did a little reading and, and just, you know, this is free information. Uh, in the United States, each year, there are 230,000 sheep that are killed by wild animals. Uh, so it's still, it's still a big, big deal uh, with, with shepherds having to defend their sheep. In ancient Israel, there were wild beasts. Uh, and listen to this, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. Listen to what David says about being a shepherd. 1 Samuel 17, 34, G, uh, David talks about taking care of his father's sheep. And this is what he says. He says, and when a lion or a bear came, and you could stop right there. If you were writing this, if you were David, right, what would you say next? And I ran, right, for my life. And I, and I guess the lion ate all the sheep. I don't know. I never went back. 
But David says, and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. Whoa. But wait, he's not done. And when it turned on me, I caught it by the beard and I killed it. What? So first of all, you know, uh, this apparently happened more than once while David was watching his father's sheep. Because David didn't say, there was this one time, I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. A lion came. Right? I remember once when I was about 10 years old, I lived in Florida, uh, and I had a a family member who lived down the road a little bit from us, down this this dirt road that we lived on, uh, and their house was on a bayou. And I remember I was in their backyard, and I was fishing, and they had this little cement platform right on the edge of the water and I was sitting in a lawn chair and I had my feet dangling in the water I'm holding my fishing pole and as I'm sitting there an alligator popped its head up right at my feet and I jumped up and I started running I was 10 years 10 years old Uh, this just just last April just a month ago I was down in Florida with my family I was back at that house with my brother-in-law and we walked down by the water and don't you know I was looking for that alligator 40 years, I got my kids. They don't get too close to the water. There's alligators here, right? You know? I never forgot it. David here, it seems for him, this is something that happened on more than one occasion when a lion or a bear snatched one of the lambs out of the flock. And David says, when it happened, he went after it. He didn't run the other way. He ran after it and he rescued the lamb. And then when the lion or the bear turned on him and attacked him. He says he grabbed it by the beard and he killed it with his bare hands. Killed a lion, killed the bear. That's pretty intense. Shepherding was dangerous work, serious business. The shepherd risked his life for the sheep. And Isaiah 31, it talks about when a lion comes around, you know, the the town, around the village, the people of the village call the shepherds to go fight the lion. You got a lion hanging around the town, get the shepherds out there. Why the shepherds? Because that's what they do. Shepherds kill lions. So they sent the shepherds. The shepherds, they will lay down their life to protect the sheep. It's just what shepherds do. And verse 11 says, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And again, four times Jesus will say this in John chapter 10. He gives his life or he lays down his life for his sheep. That word for there that he uses in verse 11, for the sheep, it's the Greek word pair, and it means in place of or on behalf of or instead of his sheep. He asked me how I Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith, to set aside personal agendas, and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. 
Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. And I recognize the hands that crack